Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Caster, and I'm here as always with my co-host, Ed Birdsall, who's looking at me disapprovingly. Mr. Birdsall, how are you doing? Lovely, Adam. I've <laughs> never been better in my life, clearly. Uh, what a game last night. Just superb. Superb Thursday night football. Gotta, gotta just love it. And um, You can cut I'm, the sarcasm with a knife in that sentence. Ugh, it was awful. I can't believe I actually dedicated three hours of my life to watch again. It was, it was, it was so bad. I, t- I literally turned the game off with two minutes to go in the fourth quarter. I was just like, wow, what did I just do with my life? That's three hours I'm not getting back. Man, I feel like more often than not, after you watch a Thursday night football game, then that's usually the reaction. Hey, we got another absolute barn burner next week. Oh, God. Jeff Driscoll and the Denver Broncos against Sammy Darnold and the New York Jets. Hooray. Oh, my God. It's at MetLife Stadium. See, take the level of enthusiasm that I had for when we were talking about watching the Jaguars and the Dolphins. Divide that enthusiasm by about one million. And that's the level of enthusiasm that I have for this Broncos-Jets game next week. At Listen, least we have Melvin Gordon, thank goodness. Yeah. Well, Le'Veon Bell is eligible. No, no, he's not. This, is, this will be his last game before he can come back. Yeah, Thursday Jets night. Bron- that yeah. Thursday game would be his last game on the IR before he can come back. <sighs> not uh, not going to be ideal. And there's a good chance we'll, – we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. But there's a good chance that the Jets probably won't have any other wide receivers – for that Probably game not on a short week, because Jameson Crowder wasn't even running; was barely even running this week. No, I don't. I don't, I don't think he practiced at all. No, he didn't. No, yeah. well, not. There's a different. You know, practice is one thing. He was barely even running. Yeah, no, he did yeah. not even give it. He didn't even attempt to give it a go. Yeah, which is a which is a problem. But we'll talk about that next week. Let's just talk about Thursday night and. The one good thing from this game really is James Robinson has really turned into a stud. Yeah, he looks uh, he looks really good, especially close to the goal line. I think it was also very encouraging that James Robinson also got a ton of looks in the passing game, even even when there's a little lull towards the end of the game where uh, James Robinson wasn't on the field as much. It was really Chris Thompson. James Robinson still had a very very good night, and I think for the rest of the way you can pretty much count on James Robinson being a middle-of-the-road RB2 in your, uh, in your lineups, given the amount of volume that he gets. And if Gardner Minshew is going to continue to dump it off to him like that, then it's going to be uh, only better for his value, especially in PPR. And in non-PPR, I think he's more of a low-end RB2. And then in PPR, I think I would say he's a, he's a middle-of-the-road RB2. Yeah. Uh, James Robinson was also you – you talk about the dump-offs that, were, that uh, Gardner Minshew likes to throw to him. James Robinson was, was the leading receiver. In, uh, in this game for Jacksonville. You know, yeah, six he, catches. He, he was the only guy that yeah. was really doing anything. I mean, and somehow the Jaguars still lost. Because yeah. he, well, mainly because he was the only guy doing anything. I guess that, that's the key. Yes, and I think if Devontae Parker was healthier than he was, uh, Devontae Parker could have had a really, really nice night. Uh, he still had a pretty good night with uh, 11.9 in uh, in PPR. Uh, Fitzpatrick looked good, 
I mean, uh, it was disappointing, I think, for anybody that owned Gasicki, given he was one catch for 15 yards and a touchdown and then got nothing else outside of that. So, but I think it happens when, when Ryan Fitzpatrick is only throwing the ball 20 times. You know, he's some guys are going to suffer as a result of that because well, of the, the game. Were also, think, yeah, they were ahead. up big late. That's why I think is what yeah. you're going to. Yeah, and, and there, was, uh, there was a bit of a mix with uh, Miles Gaskin early in the game getting all the work, and then towards the goal line, it was, uh, it was Jordan Howard, then Matt Breida got himself a little bit of a run. So, I mean, I was surprised, quite frankly, that uh, they just don't stick with Miles Gaskin because I think he looks the best. In terms of being a pure runner, I think he looks the best out of those running backs. And uh, there are a ton of leagues that I've seen where Miles Gaskin is still very much available. Um, you know, I think just based on the usage and based on, you know, what the game script of the Dolphins is going to look like on a week to week basis, he could be a very solid flex for, for your lineup. So, I mean, when, when you have a lot of running backs that are going down and dropping like flies, I think miles Gaskin is definitely a worthwhile ad and, uh, you could probably give him a go as a low end flex from, uh, from here on out. I think I have a bit of a theory on as to why uh, Jordan Howard and Matt Breida seem to keep getting usage over. I mean, Miles Gaskin still had 22 carries, but I think it might be something of a sunk cost fallacy with the Dolphins because considering that they traded for both Jordan Howard and Matt Breida, they're like, well, you know, we gave up capital to uh, to get these guys in here. We should probably use them more than in a uh, in a limited role. But I mean, that's, that's just that's just a theory. And the reason that the sunk cost fallacy is a fallacy is because really the amount that you pay for something doesn't, shouldn't dictate how much you use that thing. Because if, if you're, if Miles Gaskin is doing as well as he's been doing, then there shouldn't be much stopping you from using him as much as you can. Right. And he was, he was the leader of that backfield the entire night, I think as he, as he should be, because again, he's looked the best, but you know, at the end of the day, I think they're more comfortable with a bigger body towards the goal line, which is where Jordan Howard comes into play. And then I think Matt Breida is more of the the passing down sort of guy. But then anything in between, they seem to really like Miles Gaskin. They want to give him a uh, a run, so you can't really uh, really fault them uh, for that. Um, you know, it really sucks that we didn't have a show in between the waiver show and today because I know that I had said that I had Gardner Minshew as a top 15 starting option that went out the window when DJ Shark was ruled out and I hope I hope I didn't give anybody bad advice on that one and I hope they used their heads when they had saw that DJ Shark was out not to play Gardner Minshew once DJ Shark was out Gardner Minshew was outside of my top 20 I was not playing him yeah, I, I, I mean, I agree as well. Um, I think that, well, not only because of that, but I mean, there were other free agent signings, of course, that happened um, that we kind of hinted at with like Devontae Freeman signing with the Giants and he might actually get some action uh, on Sunday. I think Joe Judge, Joe Judge said that he might be, but I mean, DJ Chark was a big one just because of the timeliness of it. But I don't, I think that, we can assume that our listeners are smart enough to kind of 
realize that with the changing circumstances that uh, that affects and that affects other players like for yeah. example i have a bit of a conundrum with my quarterbacks that we will probably end up talking about as we get on to these games because these two quarterbacks you know they're number one wide receivers each of them have a non-zero chance of not playing i would say julio is a better chance of playing than adams does yes based on based on everything that i've heard yeah it's a, it's more likely that it'll be Julio that plays than Adams, but it, it, it's it, yeah, it's about sub zero for both. But there's a more likely of a chance that it's Julio that plays. But uh, yeah, so I think that, like I was saying, I think people that listen to our show and that play fantasy football, they should be smart enough to realize that it, football is a team sport, and when one member of the team goes really? down, especially, yeah, I know, shocker, really? yeah. Really? I thought it was just 1v1 the entire time. I mean, very, fantasy very football weird. is a very individual-based sport just because it's the, the players don't affect each other. It's all about what they're doing. But, uh, yes, you have to realize that when somebody who is as integral to an offense as DJ Chark is, goes down, that you have to uh, change your thoughts on everybody else on the team accordingly. Did you just say fantasy football is a sport? Well, it is more than a sport, Adam. Oh, God. I thought you were going in a different direction. Fantasy football is war. And, I, and I'm happy that you, that you stuck with that. Fantasy football is war. When you have nine, sometimes 11, sometimes 13, sometimes seven, if you're in a minor conflict, but you have opponents that you are trying to drop an atom bomb on, on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. This is where we're at. Fantasy football is not a sport. No, 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 no. It is tactical warfare is fantasy football. I swear to God, every time I say something and you give me this look, I mean, th- there's no video purport- There's no video portion of this podcast. And it's such a shame. It really is. Such a disservice. But every time you give me this, this certain look, I'm like, oh God, what did I say to make Bird... Look at the look like this. I have to like rack my brain as I'm saying as I'm saying a sentence, thinking, "Oh shit, where where did I what did I even do?" I was talking before the show. Adam and I were just were talking a bit, and I made a comment where I said Adam has a very good ability to say something without saying anything at all by talking with his eyes, and I must have gotten that trait from him <laughs> based on my ability. When he says something, it immediately just goes in my head, tick, and all of a sudden I get, I get ready. I get ready. I get the ammunition ready. Again, this is warfare. Yeah. This is warfare. If we had a better, if there was like a better uh, angle with my webcam, I feel like you could see my eyes dilate every time you make that face at me. Dilate, or I could feel the eyes rolling into the back of your head from the level of eye roll that you're about to give me. Either or. Is there anything else you want to talk about from this uh, disaster of a Thursday night game, or do we want to uh, get cracking into the good stuff? Well, I think that uh, I'll just say that I think that our bet that Tua is going to start within two weeks is probably not going to happen. I think this is going to be one of those things where, listen, we could we we had to warn you as a Jets fan, we should we should have warned you that Ryan Fitzpatrick 
is one of those guys that is is an ultimate quarterback tease where you you're like oh this guy he's great we should we should keep him we should start him he's great for our team he galvanizes the offense and then the very next week you're like who the fuck is he this guy is awful yeah that that does sound like Ryan Fitzpatrick basically the 2015 Jets versus the 2016 Jets is is that metaphor also uh the Bills Ryan Fitzpatrick with the Bills before his massive contract and after his massive contract yeah exactly I remember he signed that huge deal and then literally the next game he put up a a god-awful performance yeah that 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 sounds like the Ryan Fitzpatrick but now but now Ryan Fitzpatrick is also playing with house money so yeah I think he just kind of knows that all right whatever whatever happens from here just sort of just sort of happens it's true it's very true because he knows that like he's not going to be he his time for being the long-term answer at quarterback in any team is long long gone yes correct and so he's just like, well, you know, I might as well have fun while I'm here. Yep. About right. All right. So let's move on to the, uh, to the games, Sunday's games. Very exciting stuff. Uh, some really good matchups, actually, I would say, this week. Uh, we're going to start off with one of the better ones in the 1 o'clock time slot, and that is the Rams and the Bills. Good choice to start this, with this game. Yeah. This, no, good well, this, choice. I think this game might be one of – Probably the best out of the one o'clock slot. I would definitely say it's the most interesting. I, yeah, I would say, you know, the Ra- if mm, the Raiders Patriots might be more interesting, just to see what's going on, if the Raiders are for, are legit, and uh, you know Cam Newton and the Patriots. But I think th- this game has the potential to be like a thirteen to three sort of game. If there's any game in the schedule that could be like 13 to 3 or 17 to 10 or 17 10, it's this game. I think it's the opposite. Really? I think, this game, I think this game has the potential to be pretty high scoring. The defense, but the defenses are so good for both of these teams. And the quarterbacks yes, are pretty, so are the are pretty meh. Yes. The quarterbacks are meh? Well, one of them is. One is. One is. The other one's a superstar. I mean, if Josh Allen retains the form that he showed last week in Miami, then yeah. We're going to find out. So let's start off with the injury report. And so the this is very important just in the sense that um, we have Ken Akers, who's on the injury report. He was a non-participant on Thursday in practice. Worth monitoring what he's going to be, what's going on today, Friday. I highly doubt Ken Akers plays. Highly, highly doubt it. So it's going to be Malcolm Brown and Darrell Williams. Henderson. Henderson. That's what I meant. I saw Darius Williams, who was on the injury report for the Rams, and it t- and a, uh, twisted my tongue. But Darrell Henderson and Malcolm Brown, it's going to be them for the Los Angeles Rams. The other interesting thing, I mean, the Rams are also making the, uh, the West Coast trip from London all the way up to Orchard Park for this game. So maybe jet lag could be a factor as well london i mean los angeles los angeles oh you, I, you said london i, mi- I might have what's well, wrong i'll have, to, I'll have to review the tapes what is wrong with me today i don't know can't, can't say any words no clearly so los angeles 
they the Rams, you know, it's the uh, the fabled West Coast to East Coast trip. We're going all the way from sunny Los Angeles up to shitty Orchard Park, New York. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Are you going Buffalo shitty? No, just Orchard Park. You were on a crusade today. Buffalo's nice. What did, what did the doctor say to you? Nothing. Adam went to the doctor's office before, uh, before coming on the podcast, and apparently the doctor did not tell him some nice things. Virtual, virtual doctor's office. Is your, is your blood pressure high? It is now. Uh, how is your cholesterol? Where it needs to be? Yeah. Clearly not, because apparently your doctor told you you might need to cut out, you might need to cut out red meat. The steak knife. God. Anywho. Anywho. Yes. So like I was saying for the third time, Los Angeles making the fabled West Coast to East Coast trip. Big time zone difference going from Los Angeles to Buffalo, New York. And jet lag could be a factor. But you never know. And for the Bills. Oh, uh, God. <laughs> the Bills. Uh, Zach Moss is going to be out this game. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Devin Singletary. Here we go. It's the Devin Singletary show. Get in. Get in, son. Dawson Knox, the tight end, is also out in this game. Uh, He had a concussion, has a concussion. Uh, John Brown is questionable. Uh, Sean McDermott said that uh, John Brown is trending in the right direction. That's a quote. That's exactly what I heard. Yeah, exactly what I heard. I heard, I heard John Brown is probably going to play. Um, I would be monitoring though the status. I think you're probably going in this direction of uh, Cole Beasley. Yeah, Colby. Yes, who will be if if John Brown doesn't play, then yes, he will step in as the number two receiver. Yes, behind Stephon Diggs. Yes. And so for this game, what are you what are you looking at as far as starters start sit is concerned against these really good defenses? I'll start with the Rams. Um, Jared Goff, I have outside my top 20. I think that there are better options than Jared Goff. I would rather have in my ranks. I have Joe Burrow higher than Jared Goff. I have Phillip Rivers higher than Jared Goff. I have Ryan Tannehill higher than Jared Goff. All three of those guys are pretty widely available um, on waivers. Uh, the running back situation here is very interesting because a lot of people were very interested in picking up Darrell Henderson off of waivers this week uh he was my number one waiver ad of the week before it came out that malcolm brown was expected to play i've kind of done another 180 on it and i think that darrell henderson is actually a very good play just because i don't know with an injured pinky how much of a run malcolm brown is really going to get that's part of the problem Mm -hmm. so i i would say that if you're if you picked up Darrell Henderson, you spent good money on Darrell Henderson. I think he's a flex for this week. I do have him ranked higher than Malcolm Brown, but I have them ranked back to back in my rankings, just outside the top thirty. Um, but I think Darrell Henderson he he can be a very good play, and he could very easily uh, outproduce that mark that I uh, that I gave him. As for the receivers. Uh, Cooper Cup is a start. I have him very much inside my top 20. Same with Robert Woods. Not a real uh, surprise there. And as for Tyler Higby, you got to remember the, the Bills who last year they gave up the least amount of points, two tight ends, 
let Mike Gesicki burn them last week. And I don't know if that is something that uh, is going to continue. They were down two starting linebackers, and based on all reports, those two linebackers are going to be playing this week or at least attempt to give it a go this week. Well, so Deshaun, that could... Deshaun, or Delshawn Phillips is going to be out this game. And yep. Tremaine, Edwin, Tremaine Edmonds is yep. questionable. Yep, that's, that's, that's the big one. The big one is Tremaine Edmonds. Yeah. Um, I, I, have, I had Higby. Uh, Matt Milano is also questionable. With the yeah, it's, it's Edmonds and Milano. Those, those are the two, the two big ones that I think we're still waiting on. Uh, I had Higby at the start of the week as my number three tight end, and I've moved him all the way down to number seven on the week. I, he's a start for sure. Um, I wouldn't be starting uh, Johnny Smith over him. I hope he didn't start Mike Kosicki over him. Uh, it, it's really between Higby at number seven the number eight, I have Dallas Goddard. And for me, that's a real debate that I keep on having as to who I'd rather start, Higby or Goddard. It, it, I keep flipping and, and flopping on that one. Um, so I think, you know, Higby's a start, but it just depends on if you have another option at tight end, you could theoretically start Higby, but I doubt you're going to really want to sit Higby after he scored three touchdowns last week. I just, I highly, highly, highly doubt it. Um, as for the Bills, uh, I'm starting Josh Allen. He's a top seven play for me this week. I would say if you have another option, you could play him. But the only option that you could feasibly have that is better than Josh Allen is Cam Newton, who I have as a top five play this week. Uh, but we'll get to uh, the Patriots in a little bit. Uh, the running backs, it's pretty simple now. This is the Devin Singletary show. And I had Devin Singletary ranked with Zach Moss inside my top 30. I thought he was a very good play regardless. Now that Devin Singletary is going to be without Zach Moss, I have him inside my top 24. I would rather start Singletary over Antonio Gibson. I would rather start him over Jeremy McKinnon. I would rather start Singletary over Mike Davis. Um, but I would not be starting Singletary over Josh Kelly, who is a start of the week for me. I would not start him over Fournette. I would not start him over Ingram. I would not start him over David Johnson. Uh, the receivers, Diggs, I think is, he's an okay play. I have him inside my top 20. Who's getting the Jalen Ramsey experience? Is he's, it get- see, that's what a lot of people think, but I don't think that Stephon Diggs is going to be getting the Jalen Ramsey experience because I think they're going to move – Stephon Diggs all over the field. And Ramsey is most likely is going to stick to one side. He's not, he's not a true shadow like a Stephon Gilmore is, who, who we saw on Sunday was following DK Metcalf all over the field. Ramsey will stick to his one side. So really the question is with what the Bills are going to do, do the Bills want to move him to the opposite side of the field or do they want to move him in the slot? Now, if Cole Beasley is out of this game, then Stephon Diggs has an opportunity to be the guy inside, and I, then I don't think Stephon Diggs is going to get the Ramsey experience. I think it's John Brown that's going to get the Ramsey experience on the outside. So that's just something to monitor. It, it's, a, it's a tiny little tweak, but it's something that I think, you know, in, in fantasy you have to really, you know, look at and just pay attention to the minor details, and that's just one of them that, you know, the Bills – can have the opportunity now, especially if Beasley is out, 
to move Diggs all over the field and play him basically wherever they want him. And, you know, that will help Diggs. Again, I haven't been inside my top 20, um, but that could realistically change uh, given if there's a status update on Cole Beasley and Cole Beasley, let's say, is out, then I think I would be moving Stefan Diggs inside my top 15. Uh, John Brown, I don't have John Brown inside my top 35. He is a sit for me. Um, and then other than that, that's it. I'm not really starting a Bills uh, tight end because of no Dawson Knox. I believe the number one tight end for the Bills this week is going to be Tyler Croft, oh, I believe. So if I you're remember in a, him. Yeah, so if you're in a deeper league and you want to go for that <laughs> – then by all means, I mean, just uh, uh, hope and pray for a touchdown, I guess. But um, yeah. I, highly, I highly, highly, highly doubt that you are going to be relying on Tyler Croft. And if you are, then, then, then God bless. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Logan, Logan Thomas is widely available, and I have Logan Thomas as a top 15 play. So I think that is a very, very, very easy fill-in. Yeah. So as far as – there's like, as far as interesting things for this game, um, a lot of the stuff that you kind of covered about one thing that really interests me was, like you said, you're talking about with the Rams, with the running back situation, what the, uh, what the split's going to be like between uh, Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown and who else they can get involved also. Yeah, I mean, I, honest, honest to God, I'm going off of a hunch. I'm going off of a hunch that says – I don't know how Malcolm Brown is going to play with a bump pinky and be effective. So Malcolm Brown, he's a sit for me. And I think if we – Malcolm Brown's going to play. That, that's you know, something that we need to point out is that Malcolm Brown is going to play. I assume he's going to get some work. But the question is how effective is he going to be? And I think Darrell Henderson is going to be the more effective back. And that's why I think Darrell Henderson, I could potentially see myself moving Darrell Henderson inside my top 30 for running backs this week. Is it sprained or fractured or what? He had surgery on it. They didn't, they didn't say, um, they didn't go to the extent of the injury. I, but I would assume if he had surgery, it was probably broken. Yeah. I'm sure he's probably going to be wearing like a, like a soft cast or something. Most likely. Yeah. Or a splint. Right. All right, so next game, you, you did say we were going to talk about the Raiders and the Patriots in a few minutes, and here we are. Here we are. So, uh, yes, Las Vegas heading over to Foxborough to play the Patriots, and the injury report for, all, for both of these teams, pretty, pretty lengthy. Uh, for the Raiders, uh, Darren Waller is questionable with a knee injury. He... Apparently, he was seen stretching at the start of Friday's practice. Okay. Josh Jacobs, with the hip injury, returned to practice on Friday. Henry Ruggs was a limited participant in Thursday's practice due to knee and hamstring problems. And Brian Edwards was a limited participant on Wednesday's injury report, but they don't really say anything else about uh, Thursday or today. And then for New England, uh, James White, he was absent from Friday, probably a having to do with uh, with the with the grieving process. Uh, Nikhil Harry with the ankle was limited on practice at practice on Thursday, and Nikhil Edelman, Harry will play. And Edelman was limited on Thursday as well. Yeah, get get used to seeing a question mark next to Julian Edelman. That was it's been the same thing for him for the last two years. Yeah, there's no 
unless you see something that's not a knee pop up on the injury report for Edelman, he is uh, all systems are going to be a go for uh, for Edelman. I guess it's just maintenance for the knee that he tore a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. So what what are you looking at for the Raiders this game? The Raiders are very simple. Very, very, very simple. You're starting Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller. If he plays. Yes. If they play. If Jacobs and Waller play, they're starts. If they don't, there is not a single Raider that I am interested in in playing against the Patriots. All the Raiders are sits if Jacobs and Waller don't play. Right now, I have Josh Jacobs as my number eight running back for the week, but that is continuing to fall given the questions of his status for this weekend. As for Darren Waller, I have him as my number four tight end. Um, But again, that will most certainly change if uh, Darren Waller is going to be out. So uh, that's just something that I would be keeping an eye on. But again, I'm not playing any Raider if it's not Josh Jacobs or Darren Waller. As for Cam Newton, he is my number five quarterback for the week. He is a must, 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 must play. The running backs here, this is an interesting one because, yes, James White, if James White was playing in this game, he would be a must start just because I feel like James White would most certainly score. They would find a way to get him a touchdown in this game. But I don't think that James White is going to play. So really now it comes down to uh, Sony Michelle or Rex Burkhead. And if I had to pick one, I would say probably Rex Burkhead in PPR and then Sony Michelle in non-PPR. So I don't want any of them. I have in my PPR ranks, I have Burkhead at 44, and then I have Michelle at 46. So I, again, I want no part of, of the running backs here. Uh, the receivers, it's really Julian Edelman and Nikhil Harry. Edelman right now I have ranked inside my top 20 right at number 19. So he is a start for me. Uh, as for Nikhil Harry, I think, I think Harry's Nikhil Harry is a pretty good start uh, in PPR. My only question with Harry is just what's going to happen if this game gets out of hand. And I guess you could say it's the same thing for Edelman. Uh, that it may be more of a running sort of game for, for the Patriots, but Harry is a, uh, is, is a top 40 play for me this week. And uh, yeah, I'm going to be starting uh, Nikhil Harry in, in deeper leagues and 10 team leagues. I think you can get away with a better option than, uh, than Nikhil Harry and the tight ends. Uh, there are no tight ends that I would want to start for, uh, for this game. One item of breaking news. Um, this, this should not come as much of a surprise. Uh, Devonte Adams did not practice on Friday and he is doubtful to play on Sunday. Well, that, uh, I mean, it's expected, yeah. but yeah, it, it's not a surprise. It, it does change things for a lot of people. Who are, well, at least, we, at least we know about it now before we're going yes. and talking about Sunday Night Football. Oh, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine? I, I don't want to imagine. If we <laughs> record it, then. I don't, I don't want to imagine. Then breaking news, breaking news, breaking news, breaking news. Devontae Adams is not going to play. Oh, what are they going to do? We just talked about it. Yeah, no. This is this this is the kind of negativity I don't want in my life. Uh, I'll say that right now. All right. So one interesting thing about this game is, are the Raiders for real? This is probably. I mean, the Saint, the Saints are good. Don't get me wrong. 
but this this is a this is a, a true test for for the Raiders to see if they're if they're legit. You know, they played Carolina. Carolina is not looking to not be a, a great team in 2020. Uh, they played the Saints on the road. I mean, the, they played the Saints at home, and they did really well against against New Orleans and Drew Brees. But going into Foxborough is very different. And this this is one of those things where we're going to see, especially especially if Derek Carr is without his two best weapons, we'll see uh, what the Raiders are really made of. And if this game – because I think if Jacobson and Waller both play, then this game has potential to be really close. But if they don't play, then this game is going to be a blowout. I completely agree. Completely agree. I think I think the Raiders, they, they're a feel-good team. They're, they're they're a good story. Obviously, you 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 want to be uh, unless you live in Oakland for them. But um, yeah, unless you're in Oakland, exactly. Um, but yeah, if if Jacobs and Waller are not playing in this game, this game could be actual homicide very 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 quickly. Yeah, I mean, well, you have half of Henry Ruggs the third as your number one wide receiver because he's questionable also. I mean, yeah, it's not going to be good. No. No, I think I think there's a uh, – I mean, I feel like we're probably going to be saying this every week, but I think there's a real shot that Cam Newton does get into the end zone in this game as well. Yeah. Well, he currently he's their leading rusher. So – Yes. <laughs> yes, he is. He, he might stay that way. Yeah. I I – after we talked about it on Monday, I still I'm becoming even more and more convinced that Cam Newton is probably going to finish the season as the Patriots' leading rusher. Yeah, given the uh, given the mess in their backfield right now, it's it's very very uh, it's likely that 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 happens. Yep. All right. So next game, Washington versus Cleveland. Um, this is. This game, I, I don't know. Dumpster fire. This game can go a multitude of ways. Yeah. Yes, it can. This game could either be a 17 to 10 sort of game, or it can be 42 to 35. Yep. That uh, sounds about right. So as far as the injuries are concerned, uh, all of Cleveland's injuries are on the non-fantasy positions. Unless you do IDP, which I, I've never met anybody that does IDP. Have you? I've done it, yeah. How is it? Intense. <laughs> it's kind of nuts. Is it like you're ma- – I feel like it would be like managing two different fantasy teams at the same it, time. It is. It's exactly what it is. And there's no shortage of options sitting on your waiver wire. Yeah, I'm sure there are a lot more injuries also. They have to deal with. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That that's a one season you try it and then you never want to do it ever again sort of deal. Or you love it and you want to do it every single year for the rest of eternity. Yeah. Well, you know, that's what the, those fancy formats have the cult followings. They have cult followings for a reason. Yes, they do. And for Washington, their injury report. Um, the only thing as far as uh, your fantasy relevant positions are concerned uh steven sims with the toe is listed as questionable for sunday's game in cleveland but he's not fantasy relevant for washington for for the purposes of our show he's just playing a fantasy relevant position at wide receiver so in deeper leagues i think steven sims can be 
can be productive, yeah. All right. So as far as start set. Um, if you have to start Baker, he's okay. I don't really want to. Uh, I barely have him inside my top 25 uh, starting options for this week. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt is a – I think he's a really, really good start. I actually have both of them this week inside my top 15. Uh, Kareem Hunt, start. Nick Chubb, start. I think they both I think they both do the business for, uh, for Cleveland. Um, for the wide receivers, we're talking Odell. We're talking Jarvis Landry. Odell I have as a top 24 play. I don't have him ranked very highly as, a, as opposed to um, many others. Uh, he's just inside my top 24. Uh, as for Jarvis Landry, I have outside my top 35. So if you uh, want to sit Jarvis Landry and be a wait and see, uh, that's probably the best way to do it. But, yeah, it has not been a good start for, uh, for Jarvis Landry, and I think that that's one that I'm pretty comfortable with saying that Jarvis Landry is a sit and Odell Beckham is a start. Were you surprised to not see Jarvis Landry on, on the injury report this week? I was. Yeah. Yeah, I was surprised. Because it seemed like he had, what was it, a groin, ankle, hamstring? His hip. Hip, that's what it was. Hip. Hip. It was yeah. from his off-season uh, hip surgery that he's been uh, rehabbing. He just hasn't looked like himself. Yeah. He doesn't look like himself, so... Uh, it's one that I definitely want to wait and see on. And as I say that, you know, it's a wait and see when it comes to Jarvis Landry. I really can't wait for him to uh, go off for six catches, 90-something yards, not two touchdowns in this game. Yeah. And he, well, he won't be in my lineup. For for a lot of people, that's the kind of decision. If you pay the uh, the draft capital that a lot of people pay to draft Jarvis Landry, it's like I don't really – I don't have, I can't afford to wait. Yeah, thank you for reminding me, Adam. Appreciate it. I was just talking to people in general, but yep. yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Not you specifically. Uh, yep. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. I get it. I don't even remember I where you uh, No, 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 no. I still Austin like Hooper. Austin Hooper, I have outside my top 15. Okay. I don't want to talk to you anymore. You bore me. Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper, <laughs> I have outside. I have other stuff to do. <laughs> Austin Hooper, I have outside my top 15. Uh, yeah, I want no part there. Uh, for the red, for the, God, for the Washington football team, we're continuing to rehabilitate. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, Adam, you want to finish that sentence? Dwayne Haskins is a sit. Thank you. Uh, Antonio Gibson is a Adam. Finish a sentence. Sit. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not. Again, I'm not crazy about Antonio Gibson, so I have him outside my top thirty. Um, and I, again, I want no part. Uh, again, Steven Sims, I think he's a very good start in deeper leagues, especially if he is going and not going to see a lot of Denzel Ward, which is going to be pretty much reserved, I believe, for Terry McLaurin, who in my ranks this week I have as a top 15 play. So I think McLaurin, just based on the volume that I'm projecting that he's going to get, I would say McLaurin is a fine start. I would say he's a wide receiver too. And I think you can plug and play him into your lineups for this week. And again, I mentioned Logan Thomas. He is a top 15 starting option for me. Go ahead, fire him up. Remember when Logan Thomas was a quarterback? Of course I do. Yeah. Of course I do. I mean, he also has one of the great first names in the National Football League. Logan. 
Logan Paulson. What a guy. What a good guy. I miss him. Yeah. I well, it's good. Also, it's good to see that you've uh, trained yourself Pavlov style. Whenever you start to say the R word, then you just reflexively stop, like hate yourself. <laughs> it's like, no, bad. Say football team, Washington football team. <laughs> I really shouldn't even say Washington. I should just say football team. The football team is going up against the Browns. Yeah, because everyone knows what I'm talking about at this point. So Yeah. I don't know. I it's kind of annoying that they just left the placeholder there. They should have just, they should have figured something out. I agree. The the Washington Renegades. I still personally I think Washington Redtails is is a phenomenal name. I've said this like five times on this podcast, but I love it. You have. It's a now great make it, it's a, now make it six. Now make it six. It's a great name. I saw it one time. I saw a mock up on Twitter. I'm like, I'm in love. I love this logo. I love this name. Hawks. Big Washington Reds Tails fan. Yeah. Birds are great. Can't get enough teams named after birds in the NFL. Cannot get enough. All right. Next game, Houston at Pittsburgh. And so for the injury report here, we have for Houston, it's a bit more important than Pittsburgh. I mean, Pittsburgh, you know, they have the one big name, but so for Houston, Duke Johnson is, it's the Sean McDermott quote again. He's quote unquote trending in the right direction for week three, but they're going to see how much he participates in Friday at practice, today's practice. And uh, Brandon Cooks for the quad, he was in Thursday's practice. Yep. Yeah. Brandon yeah. Cooks, Brandon Cooks is going to play. I'll just say this break the fourth wall there's a really funny typo and it says cooks parentheses quadriceps was a sarah bishop of espn.com in thursday's practice was a sarah bishop of espn.com that's beautiful in thursday's practice that's beautiful yep so there's that and then for pittsburgh uh juju smith schuster was the uh is the only name on the injury report he sat out practice on thursday with the knee is it a maintenance thing or is it an actual sort of injury? He said on Twitter that he's going to play. So I'll take that one right from the source. S- straight from the source. Yep. There is no better. I Primary he, sources. I, I believe he said, and I quote, pick me in fantasy. Well, I need no further convincing. Yep. I think that is all you need to know. You know, the fr- you know what the first thing they teach you in journalism school is? What's that? Trust primary sources. Yes. Yes. Trust your primary sources on this one. Straight from the source. Um, this, this, one, this game is actually pretty easy. Uh, I'm not starting any Houston Texan. Yeah. That includes Deshaun Watson. Adam, I think I'm, I think I'm buying in to, uh, to your uh, obscene, disgraceful, hideous, bold prediction. I don't have Deshaun Watson inside my top 12 this week. So he's very much a sit for me. Um, Is this more of a Steelers problem or a Deshaun Watson problem? It's a Steelers problem. It's a Steelers problem. I want no part. It does get better next week, though, when the Texans play the Vikings and then they play the Jaguars. So it definitely does get better for them. But they're going to start 0-3. And uh, Deshaun Watson is a sit for me. I'd rather start Matt Stafford. I would rather start Carson Wentz. Do I dare even say it? And I think I'd rather start Ryan Tannehill as well. So – Deshaun Watson is a sit. 
David Johnson, as much as I do want to play him, I think he's an okay start. Um, I would rather avoid it. He is inside my top 24 this week, but barely. I would rather start Devin Singletary. I would rather start Leonard Fournette. I would rather start Melvin Gordon. I would rather start David Montgomery. Um, so David Johnson, I think if you have better options, start him. Um, as far as the waiver wire guys, I got a lot, I've gotten a lot of questions on this when it comes to the waiver wire guys. And, you know, who would you play over the waiver wire guys like McKinnon, like Josh Kelly, like Mike Davis, like Darrell Henderson? I would not play the, at least right now, I wouldn't play the waiver wire guys over David Johnson. I think if Duke Johnson does play, I would probably start Kelly. And I think I would probably start Davis over David Johnson. If Duke Johnson plays, I think David Johnson will be dropped out of my top 24. I think the, the, the interesting thing about David Johnson, you so the Steelers have a really good run defense, but for running backs catching the ball, they've gotten burned multiple yep. times. That's true. Elvin Gordon caught a, caught a touchdown against them. Uh, Saquon Barkley had the long uh, catch and run against them in week one on Monday night. I think it's not enough to kind of put David Johnson over the top, but I think that upside is still there for this game. Because if he was like a Jonathan Taylor or a Jordan Howard back in the day where you like they had no receiving upside at all, then David Johnson would be a flat-out sit. You know, you basically need David Johnson to score to return value, and I just don't see David Johnson scoring in this game because right now he's just not getting the volume because the Texans have been playing absolute dogs the first three weeks. And I just don't see a game again where David Johnson – gets 15 carries. I just don't. So you basically need David Johnson to punch one in from one, two yards out just to return any sort of value. And then in PPR, you need him to rock in three or four receptions to even try and come close to achieving uh, some pretty good fantasy value. So yeah, David Johnson, I'm talking myself into saying that David Johnson is a a sit uh, more and more. Uh, as for the receivers, again, I would continue to monitor Brandon Cooks, um, but I really don't have uh, Cooks anywhere near uh, where I would at least call him being a uh, a solid enough start. As for Will Fuller, I have Fuller inside my top 40, but he's continuing to, uh, to fall. Um, and other than that, there's just really not much else. Jordan Akins and Darren Fells, you're not starting them. Let's just be real. Um, but now let's go to the Steelers, where there's much more uh, happiness to to report with the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers and what their fantasy value is going to be for the week. Uh, ben Roethlisberger I have as my QB9 for this week. He's a uh, good-to-go start. Uh, James Conner I have inside my top 12. I have him right at number 12. So he is a start for me as well. A very, very good start. Um, As for Juju, I have Juju inside my top 10. Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson, I have inside my top 16 for this week. He is my 16th receiver. Fire him up. He is a absolutely fantastic start. You cannot sit Deontay Johnson anymore. 
He is a must, must, must play. And Eric Ebron just continues to fall into oblivion for me. I don't have him inside my top 25. Again, I said it last week where I think if, you know, if Eric Ebron didn't produce against the Broncos, then you could very easily cut him and not have to worry about it. I think this is the same thing for this week where if Eric Ebron does not produce against the Texans, then you have, then you have real reason to cut Eric Ebron. And I mean, a couple guys I like more than Ebron, uh, Moali Cox, who's going to be starting for the Colts, Jordan Reed, who's now going to be starting again for the second straight week uh, for the San Francisco 49ers after a two touchdown touchdown performance against the Jets last week. Uh, He's a start there. Uh, Dalton Schultz, Against Seattle, good start there. Uh, and Chris Herndon for uh, for the Jets. I think Chris Herndon is a much better start than Eric Ebron. Well, that's saying a lot. Yes, it is. Because Chris Herndon has been a non-factor. Yes, he has. Yeah. Don't even – they're playing in 4 o'clock, so we're, we're, we're going to talk about them in a bit. Yeah, I, have Her- I literally have Herndon as number 20, and I have Eric Ebron as uh, number 21 in my, uh, in my ranks. Yeah, well, all right. Basically, basically Dalton, it's like Dalton Schultz and then 15 feet of shit and then Herndon. Yeah, it, yeah. Uh, so much potential. All wasted due to shitty coaching. That seems to be the moral of the story of every New York Jet. Yeah, yeah. Except for when we had Bill Parcells. True. All right. Great coach. Great coach, great, great guy. Phenomenal coach. So, uh, yeah, he discovered Tony Romo is what he did. Also. Yes, he did. Yeah. Got to thank Bill Parcells for that one. Found, found the greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL. Great guy. And Sean Payton also, who's on the yes. staff. Yep. Jerry Jones' wet dream to be coach of the Cowboys. Sean Payton. Yeah. Well, he probably would have won a Super Bowl in the recent – Future. Oh, don't get me started with that argument. Yeah, Sean Payton would have had at least three. <laughs> so anyway, we're speaking of uh, the New York football teams and Bill Parcells, honestly, because uh, this is a very old school matchup. This was, you know, the the Forty ers and the Giants. A lot of lot of memorable games involving these two teams. Some of them recent, some of them in the eighties, some of them in the nineties. But uh, this game will be is, bottom of the list in terms of memorable games. Yeah, this is not. This is not like the uh, 2011 a- a- uh, NFC Championship game or the game that Joe Montana got knocked out of. It's not going to be like that. This is so, going to be a, a shitstorm. Yeah, this is going to be a really, really ugly game. So for the injury report, uh, yeah, yeah. so George Kittle, as we said, not playing this game. It is the Nick Mullins show for the San Francisco 49ers. Jimmy G is not playing. And Raheem Mostert and Tevin Coleman are both not playing either. And for the Giants, you know, surprisingly, I mean, all their injured players are, most of their injured players are on IR uh, with Saquon, with the ACL, and then Sterling Shepard, who was put on IR. And that's kind of it. For them. So as far as start set is concerned, do you like Nick? I, I think you said that you like Nick Mullins against the Giants. Yeah, he's, he's, he's an okay start. I have him inside my top 25. Uh, I think in two QB leagues, I think he's a, he's a, he's a good start. Um, 
But again, I just feel like you don't know where the ball is really going. And you're looking at, you went from Raheem Mostert, uh, George Kittle one week, to now you're looking at Jarek McKinnon, Jeff Wilson Jr., Jordan Reed, another. So, I mean, it's, it's a little scary to go that route, but I think if you have to, I don't think it's a terrible one. This is where the conversation, though, gets interesting. And this is one that I definitely want to bring you in on, Adam. Uh, the Jarek McKinnon versus uh, Jeff Wilson debate. I have a 23-spot difference in my rankings between Jarek McKinnon and Jeff Wilson. I have Jarek McKinnon as my 25th running back for this week, so just outside my top 24, a high-end RB3 and a high-end flex. And I have Jeff Wilson all the way down as my RB48. However, I feel like I'm missing something when it comes to the turf at MetLife. We've seen McKinnon go out and struggle with knee injuries the last couple of seasons. Oh, God. I swear, if he tears another ACL on this turf, I'm, I, I'm nervous about wanting to say that McKinnon is just going to be the go-to guy, even though Kyle Shanahan had already said it. Well, I think the thing about the 49ers is that regardless of who's playing, it's still going to be a committee. And I, Jer- I think so. And Jarek McKinnon is not the kind of running back that is a do-it-all himself sort of running back. Jarek McKinnon, he's never been that way. Not with the Vikings and not with, uh, with Raheem Mostert and Tevin Coleman in the, in the backfield. And also, I mean, I'm sure that in addition to uh, Jarek McKinnon and Justin and uh, Jeff Wilson Jr., you know, Kyle Juszczyk, I'm sure, is going to get some usage also just because they need bodies that are running back. Right. I mean, I, I'm looking at this and I'm saying that I think I have Jeff Wilson Jr. ranked too low. I don't think it's that I have McKinnon ranked too high because this is my PPR rankings. Um, so I think McKinnon is going to catch a good amount of passes. But I think Jeff Wilson could score. I think Jeff Wilson could score in this game. And if he does that and he steals a touchdown from McKinnon, then that sort of craters McKinnon a little bit. And I think you're going to need five, six catches from McKinnon to give you some sort of value on top of maybe maybe 10, 15 carries, maybe. So, maybe. yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I have him ranked higher than Josh Kelly, and I, I'm going to change that. I think I'm going to have Josh Kelly uh, moved up to my be my number uh, 25th running back, and then McKinnon will be number 26 for me just because I like Josh Kelly a whole lot more, and we'll get to Josh Kelly in a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I think McKin- McKinnon's a fine flex. I know there's uh, a couple spots where I do have to flex McKinnon, and I feel okay about it. Um, but, again, you know, it, it's it's a – bit i do it with caution with caution just because of knowing the injury history for uh for mckinnon and you know i understand there is a possible chance that kyle shanahan may not want to necessarily full-on commit to mckinnon this week given his history of knee injuries and what just happened on that turf a week ago where it literally looked like normandy with uh just bodies flying everywhere and and just guys going down left, right, and center. It, yeah. it was ugly, 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 ugly. Um, as for the receivers, I mean, the, the highest one that I have ranked is Brandon Ayuk. 
and he is not even in my top 50. So that should tell you all I need to know there. Uh, and again, Jordan Reed, I have him inside my top 20, and I think he's going to continue to move up in these ranks. So I think probably by the time this is all said and done, uh, I'll have Jordan Reed higher than Chris Herndon. Well, I do have him higher than Chris Herndon as it is. Uh, I'll definitely have him higher than Austin Hooper. I'll have him higher than Logan Thomas. I'll have him higher than Noah Fant. And I'll have him higher than Evan Ingram. So I think I think uh, Jordan Reed, I could I could say he's a top 15 play at the position, and he could be a, a high-end tight end too with definite upside to score. So uh, Jordan Reed, if, if you have him, if he's on your waivers, go pick him up, go play him, start him. All right. So for the Giants, I'm not looking at anybody here. No, nope, 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 nope. We, this, this is, this is a very easy one. Uh, we don't need to go into this in, in great detail. We can make this quick. Uh, Daniel Jones is a sit. Uh, Devontae Freeman is a wait and see. If you need to flex Deion Lewis, you can if he's even going to play also. Yeah, if Devontae Freeman is going to play. Yes, correct. Uh, Deion Lewis is a low-end flex in PPR and non-PPR. I would not be starting him. Uh, the receivers, Darius Slayton is a top 30 play. I think he's he's fine. He's a middle-of-the-road flex. And then to the tight ends, I mean, I just talked about Ingram. He'll be, with the moving of Jordan Reed, he'll be my 15th tight end. So I could tell you I'd rather start – I'd rather start Hayden Hurst. I'd rather start Jared Cook. I would most certainly rather start Dallas Goddard. Uh, I'd rather start TJ Hawkinson. So that's about all you know with uh, with Evan Ingram. And I knew there was one receiver I forgot I forgot about. I just couldn't find him in my, in my ranks. Uh, Golden Tate is a sit for me as well. Yep. Well, we didn't need you didn't need us to tell you that. No, you did not need us to tell you that. <laughs> okay. So next game, the Bengals and the Eagles. And, uh, you know, Joe Burrow trying to bounce back from an 0-2 start. And as far as the injury report is concerned, uh, for Cincinnati, it's all in the defensive front, uh, Mike Daniels and Geno Atkins. And for Philadelphia, it's a lot more pertinent to fantasy football. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey is going to be out for this game with a foot injury. And uh, Jalen Rieger is going will have sur- had surgery on Thursday to repair a torn UCL in his yeah. right thumb. Six to eight weeks so, for, yeah. uh, for Jalen Rieger. And I think Alshon Jeffrey is getting closer and closer to uh, coming back. Yeah. So I didn't even know there was a UCL in your thumb. I thought that was an elbow thing. I think it runs all the way and attaches to. I always reflectively wince whenever I hear somebody got a UCL injury because my mind immediately thinks Tommy John. Yeah, exactly. Um, Burrow, again, he's a top 20 play. Uh, I think if you need a fill-in, I think he's fine. Um, Mixon, I have as a top 15 play. Uh, he's a start, but... It's been a slow start to the season for Mixon. It's been a slow not? start, yeah, but you can also say it's the offensive line. It's the worst coach in the National Football League, Zach Taylor, not having him on the field on third downs. Uh it, you could say it's a whole bunch of things for uh, for Mixon. As for A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd, A.J. Green and Boyd, I actually have both inside my top 30 back-to-back. 
Green is my number 30 receiver on the week. Tyler Boyd is my number 29. So I think they're middle of the road flexes. You know, you can you could start them, and I think they'll uh, they'll return some value for you. Uh, there's no tight end in Cincinnati that I'm even remotely interested in. So uh, that is that. Carson Wentz. This is a big game for him. This is a really big game for Carson Wentz because, man, oh man, has he looked terrible to start so far this season. And I have him inside my top 15. And I feel like we're having the same conversation as we did last week for that Thursday night game with Baker Mayfield. We're having that conversation now with Carson Wentz. This is a get-right game for Carson Wentz. I think he is a good start against a Cincinnati team that looks absolutely lost defensively. And I see a big game coming for Carson Wentz. I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say 300 yards and at least three touchdowns for Carson Wentz. So great, great start this week. And he needs it desperately. Will it help his ratio? You know, he has two touchdowns and four picks. Yeah, it'll help his ratio big time. Um, running backs, it's really Miles Sanders show. I have him inside my top seven. He is a fabulous start. Um, for the receivers, the highest receiver that I have ranked is, of course, Deshaun Jackson. He is inside my top 35. So he's a low-end flex. Uh, you're hoping for a big play there. I guess Jake might be right about Deshaun Jackson. In terms of? Did he make that prediction about him? That he was going to be really good? Uh, yeah, he's been – I don't know if you would say Deshaun Jackson's been really good. I mean, he's got two catches in two games. Yeah. So, uh, he's yeah. He's start-worthy in fantasy. But well, I think- he's, start, he's start-worthy because he's playing the Bengals. Everybody who's playing the Bengals sure. is start-worthy. I think if there's a week where you're hoping that Sean Jackson goes off, I think this is – this is the uh, – that's the week for that. Uh, the tight ends, it's the Ertz and Goddard show. Ertz I have as a top three play. Goddard I have inside my top ten. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's that. You're starting. Has it ever starting. been this even between Ertz and Goddard where nope. they've been so close together as nope. far as rankings? No, and I think you could trade Ertz right now uh, if you're the Eagles. Not necessarily fantasy. You could trade Ertz, and I don't think you're taking too much of a hit in terms of talent. I really don't. A haul for Zach Ertz. Yeah, and you have a pretty good replacement just right away with Dallas Goddard. Yeah, but Ertz top three play, uh, Goddard top ten, both starts. Yeah. All right. Uh, An interesting thing about this game, I think, is Carson Wentz. We talked about it. Just the fact of the matter is, is that you've never seen such a fall from grace next to like maybe the 2002 Buccaneers where it's like the quarterback play we've the Eagles went from the highs of winning Super Bowl 53 back to having an endless stream of quarterback controversies where is like is is Carson Wentz the right guy should we have kept Nick Foles should we try another option and I mean they drafted Jalen fucking Hurts that doesn't really help. That doesn't really give you a vote of confidence for if you're Carson Wentz. I'll say it again. Howie Roseman, the gift that just keeps on giving. <sighs> he makes Brody Van Wagenen look competent. <laughs> does. Next game, Tennessee 
at Minnesota. This game, talk about get right games for Minnesota. They need, they need it. They need it bad. Kirk Cousins has the same ratio as Carson Wentz. Two touchdowns, four picks. Yeah. They, yeah, not good. Not good. So for the Titans, I, oh, sorry. I was going to talk about injuries. Do you want to talk about Kirk I was, Cousins no, for a I was, just, I was just going to say this is a get right game for Derrick Henry too. Mm-hmm. He's been a big disappointment the first two weeks. Yeah. All right, so for Tennessee, I can finally put A.J. Brown on my IR again this week. He has been ruled out. Your, your boy, your favorite, Corey Davis, he's, he's going to get up there in the rankings for you. What an outstanding guy. Love him. And uh, that's really it as far as offensive players for Tennessee. And then Minnesota, they just have uh, defensive players on the injury report, except for Mike Boone, who's questionable. Yes, and, but yeah. irrelevant almost. Right, because of uh, you know some guy, Dalvin Cook. You ever heard of him? Can't say I've heard of him before. He played for Florida State or something? Played for Florida State? Florida State. No. Uh, so what are you looking at as far as start and sit? Uh, Ryan Tannehill, top 15 play. I think he's a, he's a fine start. I'd rather start him over Drew Brees. I would rather start him over Tom Brady. I would start him over Joe Burrow. So Tannehill, good play. As for Mr. Derrick Henry, this this has got to be the week that Derrick Henry scores. This has to be the week. Um, and I have Henry as a top three play. So go ahead, fire up Derrick Henry, and I hope for your sake he scores because – it's kind of ridiculous how we've gone through two games and Derrick Henry has not scored a touchdown. It's yeah. actually kind of kind of nuts. Uh, the receivers, uh, Corey Davis is a top 35 play. I have him ranked as my wide receiver 32. Uh, good start. Good start there, especially with um, A.J. Brown now being out. Uh, this does also mean that Adam Humphreys does get a slight upgrade from me. I have him now inside my top 45. So he's a good PPR play. And Jonu Smith, he's the gift that just sort of keeps on giving, uh, has a pretty good matchup this week uh, with Minnesota. I would say that he is a top eight player. I have him ranked just above Dallas Goddard. Um, and I had him ranked above Mike Kosicki. So he, he was a top seven play for me, is a top seven play. So yeah, Jonu Smith, Jonu Smith. Top seven play for me. Fire up John and Smith. And then for Minnesota, you're not starting Kirk Cousins. You're starting nope. Dalvin Cook, and you're yep. starting Adam Thielen. Yep. Dalvin Cook, top five play. Uh, Adam Thielen, I have as a top seven play. So, yep. Good starts. All right. Uh, I think the, the interesting thing we, we touched on is Derrick Henry. Yep. I mean, Derrick Henry not scoring a touchdown for two weeks. He's going to score this week. Yeah. He's going to score. Crazy thing. 56 carries for 200 yards. That's, that's a lot of carries for not too many yards by comparison. Yeah. Derek yeah. Henry's got to, got to get right. Yeah. It's just over four yards to carry. Yeah. Which is not like him. No. I, I think this is a get right game for, for Henry. I think you could pretty much book him for uh, over a hundred yards on touchdown. 
Well, especially if the Titans are end up being up big in this game, if Kirk Cousins has another one of those games that he had against Indy, then Derrick Henry is going to be getting the ball a lot. I think it helps, though, that Minnesota will be at home. So, yeah. you know, I think it'll be a more competitive game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Well, last time they were at home, Aaron Rodgers threw for four touchdowns against them. Right, but what games the Tennessee Titans really, you know, are, are blowout games for the Titans outside of one wild card game against the Ravens? It was a divisional game. Divisional well, game, excuse me, divisional. But yes, it's true. Yeah, I mean, outside of a divisional game for the Raven, for, against the Ravens, what game is a, is a blowout for the Titans? They don't really have those. So, yeah, I think, I think again, the Titans are all good starts. Uh, the core uh, Vikings guys, Cook and Thielen, good starts. All right, so uh, next game is a bit complicated. Uh, Chicago at Atlanta. Complicated in the sense that a lot of players, a lot of different factors, a lot of ins and outs, all, a lot of facets going into this game as far as the, uh, the injuries and just quality. Uh, as far as the injuries, um, I talked a bit about the Bears don't have any offensive players on the injury report. It's uh, Mario Edwards Jr. and Khalil Mack. But for the Falcons, this is the, the news that you really came to see and it's Julio Jones. He, with a hammy, he's expected to be a game-time decision against the Bears. And do you say it looks like he's going to play? or No, I said it looks like Julio is more likely to play than Devontae Adams, but I still think that's a sub-zero chance. I don't think... Well, I mean, take... obviously now, because Devontae Adams is not going to be right. playing. I would say that there is less than a 50% chance that Julio plays. But we've seen this happen before where it looks like Julio does not play and then somehow on Sunday he's healthy. So um, even if he does not practice today, which I have not seen an injury report that has said that Julio is in or out. I'm just going to double check that uh, one more time before I um, before I continue on my manifesto yeah so the latest update was that julio is expected to be a game time decision for sunday there's been no update to his practice status as of yet so yeah by by 11 30 sunday you'll you'll know you know what the deal is with with julio jones and whether or not he is a viable start or if you can even start him at all uh if he plays, I would say that he is a top 10 play. wouldn't say that he's a top five play by any means. But yes, it is absolutely something to go ahead and, uh, and monitor. Uh, the Bears, uh, Mitch Trubisky is a top 25 play. I have him ranked as my uh, 23rd quarterback. So in a 2QB league, I think he's all right. Uh, David Montgomery, I have ranked inside my top 20. He is a fine RB2 for this week. Um, Allen Robinson, again, you talk about a guy that needs a, needs a get-right game. Allen Robinson is that guy. I have him as a top five play this week. Uh, I expect Allen Robinson to, at the very least, score in this, in this game because, boy, oh, boy, does he need it. He needs it bad. Um, Anthony Miller, uh, after – laying an egg last week is way down in my rankings. I don't have him 
as a top 50 play. Uh, the tight ends, no interest there for the Chicago Bears. Uh, and Tariq Cohen, completely forgot about Tariq Cohen. Uh, he's a solid flex. Solid, okay. solid flex. Um, as for Matt Ryan, top 10 play. Have him above Ben Roethlisberger, uh, but just below uh, Josh Allen. So he is my number eight quarterback for the week. Todd Gurley. He's an interesting one just because I feel like he's going to need receptions in order to be productive for fantasy. And he just hasn't had that yet with Atlanta. So I continue to rank him inside of my top 20, but this is another week where you just got to keep on saying to yourself, you know, if Gurley's not getting the receptions and he's just going off of what he gets with his carries, then it's going to be really hard to continue to rank Gurley inside my top 20 in, in PPR. So uh, this, is, this is a week to really watch and see what Todd Gurley does. Um, we talked about Julio Jones. He's a top 10 play if he plays. Uh, Calvin Ridley, though, is a top three play for me. I have him as my third wide receiver, and I am very, very close to ranking him as my number two receiver for the week above Tyreek Hill. I'm very, very, very close to doing it. And, and then what about Russell Gage? Uh, Russell Gage, I have – thank you, Adam. I almost completely forgot about Russell Gage. Uh, Russell Gage, I have right now outside my top 40, but that will absolutely 100% change if Julio Jones is out. If Russell Gage is the number two receiver for the Falcons, I would probably move him inside my top 30. Okay. Hayden Hurst is a top 12, is a top 12 play. And uh, what about the uh, – we we've gone this entire podcast up. We're barely talking about defenses, but uh, what uh, we could. Do? I think what we should do is we should just talk about the defenses at the end and just yeah. be you know give give you know streams that people can can go for and who to target. It's just the it, that's the easiest way to do it because we never fucking remember to do the defenses. Yeah, it's because we're too focused on on the uh, offensive players. But uh, yeah, so my one interesting thing about this game is the receiving ten, the receiving core of the Falcons. You know, game one in week one, Russell Gage, Julio Jones, and Calvin and Calvin Ridley all had monster games, and that sort of kept and sort of kept up in uh, in week two against the Cowboys. What is your outlook for the receiving core going forward for Atlanta? I mean, they're all must starts if they're all healthy. I mean, rest of season, it's looking like Ridley's going to be a top ten play. Same with Julio. And Russell Gage, I think most weeks, you know, you could just say he's a middle-of-the-road flex, especially in PPR, where he can give you five, six catches every week and added bonus could be a score. So uh, this should continue to be one of the most productive receiving cores in the league. And especially for fantasy, you know, you can trust these guys week in, week out. Yep. I'm surprised that uh, the Falcons aren't coached by Mike D'Antoni. Looking <laughs> – so – uh, 454 yards gained and uh, 490 yards allowed. They are the Rockets. Yeah. They are the Rockets. Wow. So there you go. All right. Uh, now we're moving on to the 4 o'clock hour. And All right. Let's, let's pick up the pace. Yes. Let's pick up the pace. Oh, God. We'll get, we'll get through this first. Jets, Colts. Yep. Fuck my life. Easy. You're not starting any New York Jet. Yeah. Especially, especially since... Rashad Perriman, Jamison Crowder all out. Uh, yep. George Fant out. Kalen Balaj questionable. Chris Hogan questionable. 
you should see the Jets injury report. It is like reading a novel. Yeah, you're not playing a New York Jet. Easy. Oh, what is this? An Adam Gaze coach football team has a ton of injuries. I've never seen this before. <laughs> I've never seen this before. What are they doing in practice that everybody keeps getting fucking injuries? Or what are they not doing in practice? I guess it should be the the uh, the better question because apparently they're not doing anything. Or how many guys do they yeah, just do not want to play for Adam Gaze? They're making up phony ass injuries. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd make a joke about that, but I don't want to be sued for defamation. Good call. Yeah. Good call. Um, Colts, starting Phillip Rivers. Just Jonathan Taylor is a top three play from this week. Stardom. Uh, Naeem Hines is outside of my top 35. Uh, T.Y. Hilton is outside my top 24, but he is a fine play uh, as a high-end flex. Uh, Michael Pittman is a wait-and-see in a deeper league. I think he's an okay start. Uh, Zach Pascal, I would not touch. And Marley Cox, we just talked about it. I have him basically at the bottom of the startable threshold where he's a start, but there's other guys that I like more. Yep. Well, especially if Jack Doyle doesn't play this game. Yes. As well. Yep. All right. So uh, next game is for the third straight week, Tampa Bay is playing in the 4 o'clock hour. Not a surprise. Not a surprise. It's kind of like it's kind of like how LeBron James does not play at four o'clock. Tom Brady does not play at one o'clock. No, apparently not. You know, it's he's older. He sleeps later. I don't know. Anyway, so uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, as far as the injury report is concerned, uh, Scotty Miller is questionable for. For the Buccaneers, that's worth watching. He is definitely a bright spot for for the Bucks, and that's basically it for them. And then for Denver, for Denver, oh, Denver, Denver, Denver. A lot of injuries there. Phil Lindsay was spotted at practice on Friday. I think he's I think uh, he's doubtful. I think Rob Report tweeted that he's doubtful for uh, for Sunday. Uh, Jerry Judy was limited on Wednesday to due to a rib injury, but no update on that. And then uh, Drew Locke, of course, is out for this game. Yeah, this is another really easy one to uh, go. Also, we have down. some. Oh, actually, we'll talk about this later. I was going to say uh, breaking news, but it's Christian Kirk is out against the Lions. Okay. Um, this is an easy one to just sort of go and, uh, and, and break down. This one is not too tough. Uh, Brady is a top 20 play. Uh, again, there's other guys that I like more than him. Tannehill, Wentz, Stafford, um, all better plays than Brady. I think this week, um, as for the running backs, uh, Fournette is a top 24 play. Ronald Jones is continuing to crater in my rankings. So I think if I had to pick one, I would say start Leonard Fournette. Uh, the receivers, I have Mike Evans as a top 10 play. Godwin, I have as a top 15 play. So they're basically neck and neck with each other. You could start both of them and feel pretty good about it. Uh, Scotty Miller, if he plays, which I expect him to, uh, Scotty Miller will be inside my top 35. And I think he's a very, very fine and safe uh, flex. And as for the tight ends, I do not have a tight end 
from the Bucks ranked any higher than 23, which is OJ Howard. Um, but yeah, they're in my threshold of guys that I am just not starting. So um, yeah, you're not looking at the Bucks uh, tight ends unless you see someone that really stands out amongst the, the field, a very crowded field, I should really say. And as for the uh, Broncos, uh, you're not really starting anybody that's not named Noah Fant or Melvin Gordon. Uh, if you want to start Judy, I mean, you can, but he is not really near my starting radar. Um, he's not even in my top 40 for this week. So uh, he's a sit for me. Melvin Gordon I have right now just, just hanging on to a top 20 spot. And then Noah Fant, we talked about him before. He is just outside my top 12. So um, I would avoid the Broncos if you can. Gordon, I think, is okay just because I think he's very safe given that Phil Lindsay is looking like he's not going to play for a second straight week. So, yep. um, yeah, he's a, he's, he's a safe play. I think uh, uh, I saw on Twitter in the same tweet, uh, Ian Rappaport tweeted that Philip Lindsay or uh, Vic Fangio was optimistic. Philip Lindsay's injury outlook for Thursday, so it's worth monitoring. Also, but we'll talk about that more on Tuesday when we preview yes. Thursday night football. And as far as the interesting thing about this game, it's the it's the Bucks running back room. It's got to be like what the hell is going on in this running back room? It's like every other week. I mean, well, it has been every well, other it looks, week. It looks like now this is uh, this is Fournette's backfield. Which, I mean, it may it makes the most sense because I think Leonard Fournette has the most is probably the most talented out of out of the entire backfield. Yeah, and let's not forget too that Leonard Fournette had a two hundred yard game last year against the Broncos. Yeah. So I'm not saying it's gonna happen again, but there is history there with the matchup. Be nice. So yeah, for some. For some, some. it would be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, this stuff is always, it seems like this stuff gives me like headaches. Like it keeps me awake at night trying to figure out who is the guy in running back committees. I have anxiety dreams based on running back committees. It's not, it's not good. Uh, all right. So moving on Carolina at Los Angeles and something we didn't talk about is because it broke after we uh, finished recording on Tuesday is that is Tyrod Taylor or Tyrod Taylor really unfortunate circumstances. I feel like that doctor should like, should be I mean, I hope he's, I hope he doesn't have a job because of, of what he did. Maybe punctured his lung trying to give him. He he clearly had the under on when Justin Herbert's going to (laughs) start. Oh my God. Can you, that would be, that would be something. That was it. Obviously joking. Obviously. But yeah, that's yeah, a that's a really bad look. Yeah, I think uh, was it Adam Schefter tweeted that the uh, the last Chargers doctor wasn't any better. I think Adam Schefter should have tweeted something along the lines of assault. Uh, yeah. So as far as the injury report is concerned, you know, obviously Justin Herbert is going to be starting because I would you want to play with a punctured lung? I wouldn't. I think uh, only, only the only the best quarterbacks play with punctured lungs. Yeah, you have to wear like fifty, like five feet of Kevlar to do it. But yes, this is true. My man Tony did it. 
Yeah. Not all can be Tony Romo. And 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 almost die. Playing Not all can be long. Tony Romo. Die for the cause. <laughs> Hero. Hero. Anyway, Justin Jackson uh, with the quad did not participate in Wednesday's practice, but there hasn't really been another update on that. So I guess it looks like he's playing because since there wasn't another update on it. So I mean, that's worth monitoring. And then this is on Justin Jackson, Justin Jackson. Yeah. It looks like, it looks like he's going to play. Yeah. And then for Carolina, um, all the injuries are on non-fantasy relevant positions. So we can move on to start sit. Beautiful. Um, Herbert is outside my top 25 for this week. Um, but I can see him having a pretty nice game. So um, in two QB leagues and, and deeper leagues, I think Herbert can be a nice uh, a nice spot start if you're uncomfortable with someone like Sean Watson or uh, Drew Brees or Tom Brady. Um, then Herbert can be a, a solid uh, start. I mean, I would be picking up Herbert just as a uh, as a wait and see in all leagues, um, and waiting and just seeing how that sort of progresses there. Um, Austin Eckler, top ten play. Uh, we talked about Josh Kelly. He is my uh, my twenty fifth ranked running back after I had moved down Derek McKinnon. Um, I absolutely love Josh Kelly this week. He's my start of the week, and I think wherever you have him, you should be firing him up. Um, that I. We talked about this on the waiver show, Adam. How I needed to get Josh Kelly in the league, correct? Mm-hmm. I ended up spending sixty bucks for him. <laughs> I needed, I need, dude, I needed to get him. I just, I needed to get him. Yeah, and there were other bids for him. There were other bids. The next closest bid was like forty-seven. Wow. Yeah. So it really wasn't that much of a of an overbid. You know what? I I take back my reaction. I think that for a guy like Josh Kelly. If he's going to, or yeah, who has the potential to really be the guy in, uh, in Los Angeles, uh, it's worth it. No Saquon. I, I did, I did not have a choice. Uh, so yeah, Josh Kelly, I think you're looking at this Carolina, uh, defense, their rushing defense is terrible. Uh, they got torn apart by, uh, Fournette and Ronald Jones last week. Let's not forget that Ronald Jones also scored. Yep, um, and also Josh Jacobs. And, th- yeah, then I was getting to Josh Jacobs, right, the three touchdowns they had in week one. Uh, so, yeah, I could really see both Eckler and Kelly uh, getting into the end zone this week. Uh, the receivers, there's only one receiver that really is uh, is fantasy-worthy, relevant, I guess you could say right now. And that, of course, is Keenan Allen, who it looks like Justin Herbert really likes Keenan Allen a lot. So uh, Keenan Allen I have ranked just outside my top 15 but he is a very middle-of-the-road wide receiver, too, for this week and should be very, very safe Um, for fantasy. um, Mike Williams is – he's out of the picture. He's a big play or bust sort of guy. And then, of course, you have Hunter Henry. Uh, Just keep in mind he's dealing with an ankle injury, so that is something to look at for Adams' Hall of Fame caliber tight end. Um, But I would say that Mike uh, Mike Kosicki – Hunter Henry – I will say that Hunter Henry is a top six play for me this week. And if he is starting, then you are going to start him. All right. Yeah. So for the... You uh, love Hunter Henry. Friend of of the podcast. 
Yeah, I like I like him a lot, and I have not. I'm not even the one of us that ha, that's actually met him. Love Hunter Henry. You met him, and I like him more than you. <laughs> what can I say? I love Hunter Henry. He's a great guy. He's nice in person, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, nice guy. Yep. Uh, great family man. Yeah. So I think that we can really combine instead of doing start start set for the Panthers. I think we really combine this into my one interesting thing for the game is just what are the Panthers going to do to fill the void of Christian well, McCaffrey? Well, it's going to be Mike Davis. It, it, yeah. it is going to be Mike Davis. I would expect him to get somewhere in the range of 15 to 20 touches in this game. Um, so yeah, I think he's a, he's a, he's a middle of the road flex. You know, I, I don't think you start him over someone like um i mean i have the debate right now that i'm going back and forth on and if it's gonna be mark ingram or mike davis in a lineup for me this week and you know they're they're pretty close in my ranks so that's a that's a definite wait and see there um i think you could start mike i would not be starting mike davis over josh kelly i would start jared mckinnon over mike davis um i think if you're confident in Darrell Henderson, then I would start Darrell Henderson over Mike Davis. I personally wouldn't. I think Mike Davis is the play there. Um, I just I think the waiver wire guy is the only guy that I'm really looking to start uh, over maybe guys that were drafted, like a Mark Ingram, like a David Johnson, um, maybe like a Melvin Gordon, is Josh Kelly. That's probably the only guy that I think I would be starting over those guys. Um, but the Panthers – you're sitting Teddy Bridgewater. You're starting DJ Moore. DJ Moore I have as a top 15 play this week. Robbie Anderson I have as a top 30 play, so you can go and, uh, and definitely start him. And I think an interesting sort of play, and I don't know if I would start him, but definitely something to continue to monitor and see how that works out, is there have been some whispers that Matt Rule may want to go and try and use Curtis Samuel as sort of a Cordero-Patterson sort of hybrid where you know you can line them up out wide, you can line them up in the slot, and then you can also give him some handoffs as well and just kind of see what he can do with that. So I, I wouldn't be starting Curtis Samuel right away, but he's someone that I think if you're looking for some sort of speculative ad and you just want to see what happens, uh, then, yeah, you could pick up Curtis Samuel, sit him on your bench, and you could just see how it, how it works out. Yeah. Um, what about Ian Thomas? Sit. Okay. Yeah, he's he's below that startable threshold. Cool. So uh, next game is the Lions and the Cardinals. We want to talk about running back controversies. Yeah, this is another easy one. <laughs> uh, as far as the injuries are concerned, for Detroit, it's another kind of long one. Uh, Kenny Galladay is questionable. He was limited in practice on Thursday. Yeah, he's lim- he was limited again on Friday as well. So it looks like that he's all systems go for Sunday. Okay. And then finally, finally, right. And then for the Cardinals, uh, as I said before, Christian Kirk is going to be out in this game. So that's basically it for the Cardinals as far as injury injuries are concerned. So let's go to start set. Yep. Uh, Stafford is a start. He's a very, very, very good start this week. I'm not starting any lines running back. I don't have a single one ranked inside my top 35. Uh, Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay, I like them both a lot, especially Marvin Jones. Now that Kenny Galladay is back, I think it opens up a whole array of opportunity now for Marvin Jones to see a lot more one-on-one coverages, and that'll help Marvin Jones definitely make some more plays in this offense. 
Uh, Danny Amendola is a sit for me. I think I want to wait and see there. And TJ Hawkinson, I think he's going to continue his really nice start to the season. And I think that he is a good start for me this week. Again, I still have him inside my top 12. Uh, he's fine there. Kyler Murray, I have him as my number one quarterback for the week. He is a must play this week against the Detroit Lions. Start him, start him, start him, start him. Yes, Adam, you're giving me the look. I have him ranked above Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. Deal with it. All right. Uh, Kenyon, Kenyon Drake. Uh, this is an interesting one just because say, he, go we'll ahead. On, I was going to say we'll see on Monday, but I, I won't. <laughs> we will see. Um, Kenyon Drake, I have inside my top 12. Uh, he's a good start for me this week. Um, and then, of course, you know, you don't need me to tell you to start DeAndre Hopkins. He's my number one receiver on the week. And you fire him up and you watch him do his thing. Um, I, I, I hope to God, and I know, I know I did because I said this off the podcast, and I'm pretty sure I might have said it on the podcast, that I was worried about DeAndre Hopkins a little bit. And, oh, God, was that a bad take? Yeah, I think we've, we've both been guilty of saying that we were kind of like low on DeAndre Hopkins, and, oh, boy, were we wrong. Yeah, we were wrong on that one. Yep. I think, I think it's just he, – he, he's incredible. He's just incredible. First step and, is admission, Bird. Yep. Yep. Yeah, we were that was uh, it was a bad take on uh on our part. But uh yep. So next game Hey, at least we were right on Naeem Hines for one week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't want to talk about it. Neither do I. I I'd rather not. Uh hey, Adam, we were right on Will Fuller. Congratulations. Yes. Well that's not that's not hard. Broken clock is right twice a day. <laughs> <sighs> all right next game is your team cowboys oh, seahawks wow. oh boy the penultimate game that we are talking about cowboys seahawks at CenturyLink field floor is your time is yours as andy reed would say beautiful uh dak is my number three quarterback on the week he is a must start in this game Ezekiel Elliott, my number one running back on the week. He is a must start. Uh, Mari Cooper, I have as a top five receiver this week. He's a must start. Um, and I have, believe it or not, Adam, I've done the thing. I oh, have no. CeeDee Lamb as my 24th ranked receiver this week. And Michael Gallup is my number 28 receiver. So guess what? Excuse me, number 27 receiver for Gallup. Guess what? CeeDee Lamb is ranked higher than Michael Gallup now in PPR, but they are good starts. CeeDee Lamb, top 24 play. Michael Gallup is a high-end flex. Both are fine. And uh, Dalton Schultz, I think you can play him. I, I yeah. have no issue with it. Again, he's, he's kind of at the bottom of the startable threshold. But, you know, if you have a guy like Evan, if you have Evan Ingram in your roster and you're just saying, I want no part of the New York Giants anymore, which I-5, I don't blame you. Um, Dalton Schultz is a good play. Take a seat. Join us. We have welcome, welcome to the club. Seahawks time. Uh, Russell Wilson, my number four quarterback on the week. Start. Um, Chris Carson is a just he's just outside my top twelve, but I think uh, he is a good start. He will be a top twelve guy though if Josh Jacobs is out. So he'll be my number twelve if Josh Jacobs is out. If not. 
then he'll be number 13. But either way, you're starting Chris Carson. He's a, uh, he's a very, very fine start. Uh, the receivers, uh, they're back-to-back for me. I really couldn't tell the difference. Uh, I have uh, DK Metcalf as my number 11 receiver this week. Tyler Lockett is my number 12. So yep. both, both are fantastic starts. Uh, if I had to pick a tight end from this game that I would start for Seattle, it would be Greg Olson. Uh, but again, he's outside that startable tight end threshold. Yep. Yeah, because Will Disley is also banged up as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Yes. So do you think that, I mean, just random, random shot in the dark question, do you think that uh, you really can upgrade the Seahawks receivers because uh, GW Wizier is doubtful yep. for the Cowboys? No, he's out. Oh, he's out? He's out. Yeah. yeah, he's very much out. He's out three to four weeks of the hamstring. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they should have. They should both have very good games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. this is this is going to be a. Uh, it's going to be another barn burner of a game. There will be a lot of points scored. Very exciting stuff. I forgot. What's the over under for uh, for that game? I totally missed it. It is. Pick Center has it at fifty seven. Fifty seven. Wow. I saw it. it was, I, I was pretty sure that I had saw it at fifty five and a half. Yeah. It is. I'll tell you right now. Yeah. Is fifty-seven now. Fifty-seven. Okay, there you go. That is a game. That is going. That that is like twenty-eight to twenty. Twenty-eight to twenty-four. I mean, it's not more the math doesn't add up. Yeah, that it, yeah. More than that. More it would than that. basically both teams scoring thirty. Yeah, It'd be a lot. So uh, I guess thirty-five to twenty-eight would be a better. Um, yeah, sure, sure, sure. So uh, Sunday night football. This game, I groan, but this game is actually going to be really good. Yeah, uh, the Packers and the Saints. And I mean, let's be real. We did talk about this. Devontae Adams is not looking like he's going to be playing. Doubtful to out for uh, Sunday night. And for the Saints. What is it looking like? What's the Michael Thomas report? Uh, out. Out. Yep. Uh, Will not play. Will not play. So what are you looking at as far as start sits? Uh, Aaron Rodgers is a top 10 play. I think he's a solid start. I would be nervous about him um, with no Devontae Adams. But again, it is looking like that he is very much out. Um, Aaron Jones is a top seven play. Fire him up. Uh, and as for the receivers, without Devontae Adams, the highest ranked Packers receiver that I have is Alan Lazard, who is outside my top 45. So uh, about, that's about uh, all I need to know. MVS. MVS is just inside my top 50. So they're basically, you know, right near each other. Okay. Uh, and, and as for the tight ends, yeah, I want no part of any Packers tight end. I mean, the only guy here that I have uh, ranked that is good enough is Robert Tanyan. So that's about all you need to know there. Um, Saints, Drew Brees is outside my top 15. I would be sitting him for a better option if he can. Alvin Kamara, number two running back on the week. He is a start. Latavius Murray is inside my top 35, so he's a low-end flex. Uh, the receivers, again, I, would, I talked about it earlier in the week when we were talking about the difference between Emmanuel Sanders 
and Traquan Smith. There is not much of a difference here. I have Emmanuel Sanders ranked as my number 48 receiver, Traquan Smith, my number 47 receiver. So they are back to back there. And Jared Cook, I think I have him as a top 10 play. So fire him up. All right, cool. So before we end, because we're going to be talking about the Ravens and Chiefs on, well, you will, on Monday. Yep. And uh, just talk about some defenses looking to stream for people, people that are looking to stream. Yes. So um, again, we, we talked about this on the waiver show. If you have not seen that, uh, definitely go and, uh, and check it out. But I would say if I had to go and rank, how should I do this? Should I do it based on what defenses I would start or should I do it based on availability of who I would stream? What, what do you think I should do? Um, I think availability, just because all the good defenses are already going to be are going to be held on to by a lot of people. Okay, so all right. So I would. So yeah, I mean, I won't talk about the Steelers. They're my number one defense of the week against Houston. You're, you're playing them, obviously. Um, but I would say, in terms of availability and, and defenses that you can go and pick up, um, I would say the. Bucks are my number one defense. The Colts are my number two. And I would say the Browns are my number three with, I know a lot of people, a lot of people draft uh, drafted. A lot of people dumped the, uh, the Patriots defense against the Raiders. If there's no Darren Waller and, or Josh Jacobs, the Patriots would probably be my number three defense of the week uh, above the Browns. All right. Cool. So thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, and SoundCloud. And please listen to all, all of those episodes. Leave us a five-star review. Let us know what you think. As far as Monday's show is concerned, it is Yom Kippur, so I will not be on the week, uh, on the week three pr- uh, review. So I guess it will be Bird and somebody else or a bird by himself. It'll be bird and a special guest. Yeah. So it'll be, it's a surprise even to bird who will be it's on. It's a surprise even to me. Yes. Who will be on Monday show. But anyway, for my co-host at Birdsaw, I'm Adam Castor, and we will talk to you next time on the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Bye-bye. Bye.